So I want to get into this before we start. Before we start, um, I googled the best animal movies when I was trying to make my honorable mentions list for this episode. Yeah. And I found an IMDb page, 50 best movies featuring animals. Number one, Babe. I oh, get it. I, all I right. kid you not. Number two on this list is Mouse Hunt. Are you shitting me? No, wait. Are you shitting me? I am not shitting you. Do not Number lie to me. Number two on this list is Mouse Hunt. I'm going Fucking to send drop it the to link. you guys. What did you Google? Oh my God. <laughs> it, it is an IMDb list, 50 best movies featuring animals. I am sending you guys the link right now. Isn't it I, insane? Oh my this, God. Our podcast has traction, guys. We've got some heavy weight on IMDb, apparently. For this list made in 2010, our podcast was highly influential. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Guys, they don't need uh, to know sorry. that. Updated in 2016. So, Holy sh... This actually is blowing my mind. That made me so happy. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. You're so welcome. We got justice. All right. Hello and welcome. We're the Tough Gut Podcast. Uh, and this is episode eight. Yeah. That's right. I'm Matthew. I'm Alex. And I'm Jake. And this is part four of our animal protagonist bracket, which means we're bringing it home. Ooh, this is the finals. the finals. Ooh, boy, it's going to be a good one. I'm so I'm so like nervous for no reason. There, there's, there are no stakes, but there are so <laughs> many stakes. Like, yeah, I mean, we it's been it's been quite a journey. Like the the eight movies we picked reckoning with films that don't have animals as protagonists i mean we've made it we've made it a long way we've struggled yeah. we've persevered mm -hmm. it's honestly guys recording this one has felt way longer than sequel showdown for some reason even though like we're on the <laughs> same for some reason it's just way more like gruesome and grueling in a fun way but like the mouse hunt conversation feels like it was years ago yeah <laughs> it does Maybe that's, that's true that's just life uh with that i'm stealing jake's part and saying Hey, we'll be spoiling these movies we've already talked about uh, several times. So be on the lookout for that if you're you're worried about getting these spoiled. <laughs> Is it because of how I performed on the last episode? <laughs> how awful it was? Did you literally fire me in real time? I'm gonna fucking cry. Yeah, unfortunately, we're we're bringing in a, a new host. Um, now that he's <laughs> now that Matthew has done the spoiler and gotten my job out of the way, I can say that we're doing honorable mentions. We reached out to you guys on social media and have a list of our own and we want to talk about some honorable mentions that didn't make this list and oh boy once we got into this and recording we were like Haha, maybe we should have included some other movies on this list <laughs> so i think it'll be very fun these are movies that uh you know we could have picked for the bracket but um chose not to just didn't feel right you know based on the movies we did pick i think the list of honorable mentions is pretty open a lot of movies could be considered on honorable mentions based on the criteria we set by the movies we did pick. Matthew, do you want to do you want to start us off? Do you want to give us an honorable mention? Sure. So I'll start off with the the one that was probably closest um, to actually making making one of my picks. And that was a goofy movie. Whoa. Wait, actually, that's oh. an awesome pick. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. I thought of it like very last one with, minute. Is that the one with Powerline and the like? Oh. If we listen yeah. to yeah. each other's hearts. 
Wow. So good. Great Alex movie. Great did movie. Acapella in college. Um, That's true. So long ago. Yeah. It's just one I thought of really late and was like, ah, I don't know. And, you know, it just would have been hard to like shift the bracket. So unfortunately, didn't make it in, but still, very fun movie. It's a it's very, very fun, fun movie. One that's like, it feels like an obvious one. And uh, I, I literally didn't pick it for a reason is uh, Ratatouille. I love it. I think it's my favorite Pixar movie. But there was all they room for one wrote it film. And it had to be So sorry, Ratatouille, even though you are actually a fucking phenomenal film. And um, sorry, Jake. You're good. Ratatouille might might be showing up here in the future. If you know what I mean. Ooh, a little, a little hint. Ooh. A little hint at What's our, our next theme. hinting at? Ooh. Wait, does that movie fit the next theme? Ooh, you'll <laughs> never know. <laughs> One movie that I almost picked was uh, Surf's Up. It's the oh, penguin dude. surfing movie with Fuck. Shia LaBeouf. I unironically love this movie. We used to watch it in my middle school choir class whenever we had like <laughs> days off, like after yeah. a concert or something. Uh, it's just a funny, good movie. It's made in the like documentary style, but it's all animated. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, it's really fun. I unironically like have said like I feel it in my nuggets so much, especially after that. Like <laughs> immediately post that the chicken chicken Joe is so fucking good in that movie. Wait, that an incredible. That's character. a reference. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> you just- the years I've known you and you've said that. I mean, it's been a very long time since I've seen Surf's Up. I've yeah. just attributed that as like a Jake phrase. I'm so glad. Uh, I'm sorry wow. to creatively for bankrupt. you. But- this is how I find out. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, I feel it in my nuggets is, is 100% from, from that movie. I guess we, we've <laughs> rolled all the way back around to me. <laughs> Our transitions are less smooth this time around. <laughs> Speaking of smooth nuggets, Matthew, go for <laughs> Speaking of smooth, soft, and just so friendly. How are you going to bring this one home? How are you going to do it? Uh, my next honorable mention is Hachiko Monogatari, uh, which for the unfamiliar uh, is the story of Hachiko. It's the original Japanese adaptation adaptation of the real story, not the yeah. one with... Uh, is that Richard Gere? I don't actually know. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> Hachi a dog's tail. Um which is Richard Gere. Wow. Look Wait, at me. really? You could have mm-hmm. literally, you know that wow. one meme where it's like two white dudes could say they're the chain smokers randomly and I believe you? It's the same with Richard <laughs> Gere. If any old white dude came up to me and said they're Richard Gere, I would believe you. 110%. Yeah. Um, Hachiko Monogatari uh, sort of the original Japanese adaptation of the the real story. Um, very cute, very sad story of Hachiko the Akita Inu that loyally returns day after day to the train station he always walked to with his owner after his owner um, had passed away. Yeah. And it is just such a, a pure hearted story um, of a, a loyal, faithful companion to man um, in the form of dog. The very <laughs> best of its kind. On a on a similar uh, wavelength, um, I almost picked The Cat Returns, How Miyazaki. Like, I almost fully oh, yeah. picked The Cat mm. Returns. It's like the spinoff of, of whatever. And it's just such a fun, random movie. I don't think a lot of people have seen it. It's definitely one of the lesser known of the Miyazakis. I guess we could have e- easily done My Neighbor Totoro as well. Which I also considered, but I decided... Yeah. Totoro wasn't quite an animal. Um, yeah. You know. But The Cat Returns <laughs> is a very, very... Yeah, yeah, right, right. Uh, is a very fun Should one. Pe- uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing. I was going to make a dumb joke about Ponyo. <laughs> I hate the ending of Ponyo, but that's a hot take, I guess. Speaking of fun and quirky spinoffs, I almost picked uh, 
or I didn't almost pick, but during the bracket realized I should have mm. picked the Lion King one and a half. It is just a much more interesting, funny movie that such a, an interesting take on the Lion King. If you well, haven't hey, seen Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. It's, it's a good one and a half. Like it also had a good, um, DVD game attached to it. I remember being at, I, I yeah. feel like I, I'm slowly learning that J- Jake loved those DVD games, the special feature games. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, had no life and would just play the, you know, <laughs> movies beat a lot to me. All right. Uh, I spent a lot of time. <laughs> it's the same with like, okay. So like over the hedge, I wasn't, it's not one of my honorable mentions. I think it's definitely something, uh, people submitted, but, Remember how we talked about the speed run of that game? Like there's a GameCube game. People speed run it. It's a thing that you could actually do competitively. Uh, I have believed what originally brought this up when we've talked about it a while ago is I have very, very fond memories of playing the over the hedge game. Um, it was PlayStation 2. This is the one friend that I played. Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah. The game Loki slaps and then finding out that there are people speed running it. I just like broke my childhood because I remember <laughs> sitting there sc- screaming at the TV for hours <laughs> at a couple particular levels. <laughs> and then watching someone <laughs> blow by it in eight seconds flat. I'm like, wow, a uh, seven-year-old me would be furious. Wow. S- speaking of uh, screaming at the TV, when I was a little kid, this is completely tangential, has literally nothing to do with animal protagonists in the slightest. I used to play uh, Karaoke Revolution on the Wii, <laughs> and I was really bad at it. And when I didn't do well, uh, I would be. it would be like I would be in the basement at 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning, and I would just be sh- swearing at the <laughs> TV shouting and screaming because I had failed a level in karaoke revolution. He's literally looking off into the distance, guys. I know you can't see him, but he's literally like actually pondering his whole life choices. <laughs> Very fun. <laughs> another one, another movie that I, I really love that I haven't seen in many years. Uh, Chicken Little. You on the Zach Brass train? Yeah. Like Most the, dangerous the man sky in is falling. It's actually aliens. Um, I think just such such a fun movie. So many great characters. Like a really fun um, reimagining of a like a, the classic story to be like, oh yeah, no, in this one, like not only is the sky literally falling, but also like there's a reason for it. Yeah, it, it was like it was right at the tail end of the like fractured fairy tale spike, like after Shrek, and I, I just think it's a really prime example of like a great fractured fairy tale you randomly saying that uh, reminded me of i don't know if it, I, he is a protagonist in it the wolf is i, I want to say but you remember hoodwinked yeah <laughs> yeah whoa yeah, hoodwinked is funny i don't remember if it's a good movie but i, I, no, I it's remember fantastic. it I genuinely, really? or, I, I have, have fond seen memories. recently? I, uh, <laughs> I, I, know my, I know my credibility is shot, but. <laughs> uh, don't worry, this bracket's damaged your and my credibility significantly, Jake. I guess and Alex's, <laughs> all three of us. Well, I can at least say for Hoodwinked, it's like, it's a funny, like interesting take. Like, it's not just a basic story, you know? It's it's satire. It's almost like what Shrek was doing. Like, if it went up against Shrek, I think it'd be a very interesting conversation talking about satire. Keep that in mind, audience. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep everything in mind, audience. Yeah, one one more that I want to shout out just because, like, I was actually very mad that I didn't pick it. 
I used to have a DVD or, or a v- VCR of the, it was a double feature. And on one side was uh, Ichabod Crane, um, which is like an old Disney property or whatever. And then on the other side was Fifel Goes West. And I don't know if anyone remembers like the uh, oh. an American tale, Pfeiffer Goes West movies. I love them. Like I love them as a kid. So like they, they never failed to make me feel all the emotions. Talk about like immigration in the state. Like it's, it's a amazing series and I'm pretty sure that's the sequel too. Uh, I have just such fond memories. If anyone hasn't seen Fifel Goes West, absolutely they should invest their time in it. To throw out one last uh, honorable mention before we switch to some from you folks out there in the audience. Um, yeah. This one was a pretty last minute addition to my honorable mentions <laughs> over top of ones I more heavily considered. But uh, Kung Fu Panda, the first one. Oh, oh my God. The second one is the second one's on my list too. <sighs> just because I like literally didn't think of it until today as I was like, what could I have put in the bracket? And I was like thinking of like some Dan Bluth movies and I'm like, no, 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 no. There's something else out there. <laughs> um, and I just, yeah. yeah, have super fond memories of it. Um, good my movie. dad unironically loves that movie. He, I would randomly catch him watching it in the late hours of the night, like alone. <laughs> like, it's not like, it's literally like, he's like, what do I want to watch at uh, like fucking 2 a.m.? I catch him watching Kong Yeah. He fucking love all of the movies too it's not even just the first one like he thinks all of them are like peak cinema like that is one of his all-time favorite movies they're all really good for sure so yeah let's get into some of your guys's honorable mentions we we asked you guys on social media at tough cut on twitter and instagram uh, at for tough some cut of you, pod. Oh, tough make sure cut we're pod, plugging it right. right at tough cut pod, baby. Um, and we asked it, and you know, we're gonna read some. Some of them were really interesting. Some of them, you know, you guys are like us, and we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah uh, one time I true. thought were super interesting. Chicken Run. I love you know claymation. Love we're talking about run. like all that. Chicken Run was a very fun one that I heard of um, on this list. Also, like things like Homeward Bound and a Barnyard that kind of like we didn't do cows, guys. Why, why didn't we do cow? Barnyard is not a good movie. That's why. <laughs> 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 yeah, people really people. Hey, people. Fuck. Barnyard didn't it get that spinoff TV show, too. Yeah, that's mostly it why did. the the spinoff TV show. I actually really enjoyed watching. Really? Wow. That's Matthew crazy. Matthew hates it, I guess, because it's just really? tainted my memory of the movie. I don't know. I think it was like one of the first times child me had to come to grips with a very obvious change in voice actors. And I was like, that's not how yeah. it's supposed to go. That's so funny. Um, any others that stood out for you guys? Any honorable mentions? What I want to call out. And we, we've also we addressed this one on Twitter a little bit at Tough Cut Pond. Uh, but Dark Crystal, <laughs> despite being a fantastic movie proves you guys are no better at picking things with animal protagonists than we are so you know sit and think about that one a little bit audience you guys have some reflecting to do (laughs) i mean hey we can make the arguments you know you never know uh someone also did shrek 2 and all that so you know these are arguments that could be made (laughs) but also shrek Mm -hmm. 2 was already included guys come on now I mean, we can repeat movies, though. There Eventually. are no laws against it. Eventually. It's not against the law. Mouse Hunt will return. Mouse Hunt will return, everybody. <laughs> Mouse Hunt will return. <laughs> Next bracket is I'm, I'm pretty... Bor Verbinski. Oh, my God, I'd cry. <laughs> I'm joke. pretty excited about one of these movies. And honestly, it's a little bit of a hint. The B movie, Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, when when I saw that um, plucked 
from the the maw um, of the listeners as an honorable mention for this one. I was like, oh, man, the memes would have been for, well, they would have been very stale if we'd picked it because it, that, well, that was a big <laughs> meme like four years ago. But still, <laughs> man, what a missed opportunity. Hey, we're fun. We're fresh. You know, people people enjoy mm-hmm. our, our stuff. We could have made B-movie hip again. God, I also hated the subtext of that. I hate everything. This podcast uh, gets 1% faster every time we bring up B-movie. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of fast, guys, the, the best honorable mention was on this list, and that's the movie we hinted at in the episodes already, Sonic. Sonic, guys. Sonic the Hedgehog. That's right. Ironically, I, I'll say it, I'll say it already. Snubbed at the Oscars this year. <laughs> they haven't even <laughs> announced it yet, but snubbed. Wait, who who voiced was, was Jerry Seinfeld also in Ice Age? Was he? Who's who's no, the dude who plays the so. mammoth? Oh, Ray Romano. Why did I get Ray those Romano. two mixed up? <laughs> Ice Age was also an honorable mention you guys threw out. Um is why I'm thinking of it. But yeah, I, I got Ray Romano I liked, and I liked Jerry's, Ice Age. I think I it's a good movie. The first one's time. the one with the Ice Age baby. Oh god, they, wait, that's right. Then, yeah. <laughs> and then the people never return in any of the sequels. Where'd the people go? Skin theory. They went uh, down oh, in the yeah, ocean. The first movie, they're taking care of a human baby. And they return him to his tribe, don't they? Isn't that like the whole point of the movie? Did you watch the post credits where the saber tooth goes back and just eats them all? Oh <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Happens yeah. off screen though. Oh yeah. Post credits. Yeah. You, yeah, you just you just hear a bunch of fucking screams and cries of bloody murder. What? It wasn't until the Avengers that people got really used to staying for post credit scenes. So like most people miss the one in Ice Age. That actually makes sense. You can find it on YouTube, though. Oh, I was going to make a very poor taste joke. Uh, woo! Can't taste worse than those nomadic tribesmen because they don't have bathtubs or showers. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. Do dinosaurs, do land before time, do dinosaurs count as animals? No, but what? time does. Are time dinosaurs does. animals? Is land before time, was that Dan Bluth? Why, what the fuck's up with you? Dan Bluth is not going to come on the show, all right? <laughs> Isn't he? Is, Dan is, Bluth is, is no d- Gore Verbinski. Also, is wait, he wait, dead? Wait, is he dead? Oh, God, I don't know. Is, is Dan Bluth? Uh, uh, yeah, the dude died in 19... 19- <laughs> Oh, not in 1937. That would be very wrong. I read his birthday. I'm an idiot. The man uh, is still alive. <laughs> That's actually, all of that was fucking. Oh, you bastard. Yeah, damn blue. Comedy gold. Come, Comedy come gold. on the show. Come on Honestly, the show. Honestly, the the odds that I put a Dan Bluth movie on this show are one hundred percent. Like I'm <laughs> I'm I'm gonna make you guys understand that Dan Bluth hates children. <laughs> <laughs> It needs to be understood. More oh, people no. need to get it. A man who who like enjoys making movies for kids does not make movies <laughs> with visceral violence. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> you blew my mind just now. Uh, also, oh, uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to start. I was going to start talking about Titan AE, and I don't think anyone saw Titan AE. I did. Me. I mean, I have. I have seen Titan AE. I'm not going to spoil Titan AE right, yeah. <laughs> right this minute. Yeah. Maybe it'll get on the show. Oh, my God. I haven't thought about that movie in a long no, time. N- nobody has, but I'm going to make everyone understand <laughs> that Dan Bluth hates kids. All right. <laughs> Matt, you've been saying Dan Bluth this whole time. It's Don Bluth. Oh. Wow. So start it all over. Um, <laughs> our old mentions, guys. Uh, Spoiler warning really for like the movies. Up. <laughs> <laughs> 
So basically, uh, an honorable mention that I see on on here, another one that people said was Aristocats, and that's a great movie. And it made me think of one of mine that I didn't mention, which was All Dogs Go to Heaven. And I raise you which this question, guys: Is a Don Bluth movie? Yeah, which is a Don Bluth movie, <laughs> also, which is <laughs> and <laughs> <know> <laughs> the dog dies <laughs> immediately. <laughs> if I if I'm not mistaken, doesn't he? He isn't he afraid of like going to hell? Yeah. And uh, yeah, just yeah. afraid of death in general. Yeah. It's a Dumb very good movie. Kids. But but I, I raise you I raise you this, guys, and then I'm ready to talk about uh Paddington uh and Phantasmus Fox. If all dogs go to heaven, does that mean all cats stay in purgatory? All right, guys, that's my end at the tough cut. Uh, nice talking to you all. Jumping into our finals matchup here, that is Paddington 2 versus Fantastic Mr. Fox. Both of them, you know, obviously coming from opposite sides of the bracket, triumphing unanimously, making a sweet any percent speed run to the finals of the Tough Cut podcast. Both of them pulled it off fantastically. And now they're going head to head. Alex, do you want to or sorry, I was looking at you and my brain just uh, said, go fuck yourself, my guy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Go fuck yourself, my guy. Jake, do you want to introduce Fantastic Mr. Fox? I sure do. Guys, I'm so excited uh, that this movie made it this far. Fantastic Mr. Fox was directed by Wes Anderson, 2009. It's, you know, based on that child's book, Road Doll. And, you know, he, he's going to be in a midlife crisis and he's going to steal and he's going to bring animals along with him. Who knows what could happen? And comparatively, we've got Paddington 2, the oh-so-sweet Paddington bear, Paddington living with the Baron family. Um, he's become so accustomed to his life in London and he's trying to buy the oh-so-perfect birthday present for Aunt Lucy, stolen, dastardly Phoenix Buchanan, and he must get it back and stop the thief and return his name to the good graces of society. Isn't it crazy how Paddington goes to jail and uh, Fox Fox doesn't? So, you know, this says a lot. This says a lot about society and and who's more clever and perhaps who's more manipulative. (laughs) And do we want to be manipulated into choosing Fantastic Mr. Fox as our winner just because he doesn't go to jail? Maybe. I'm still incredibly neutral on these movies or neutral as in I have no idea which way I'm voting. I love both of these movies. Uh, I do have issues, which I'm excited to get into. I rewatched both of these movies today and I also rewatched the or watched for the first time the first Paddington today. I'm going to go out there and I'll I'll take back everything I lobbed at Paddington 2 last week because those side characters on the street uh, that you meet in this movie uh, are not in mm-hmm. the first movie uh, except for the uh, Curry, Peter Capaldi. So um, they're introduced for the first time and yeah. they're great. So uh, it, yeah. I think that was my big issue with it, and uh, it's 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 off the list. Cool. <laughs> All right, we but, ready to vote? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm ready. No. What what I will say, I do have an issue actually that I've realized in rewatching Fantastic mm-hmm. Mr. Fox Ooh. today. I've realized I don't like Fox. I don't I don't like Mr. Fox. Um, and I think part of it is uh, his puppet to me hits the uncanny valley because it always looks like it's smiling even when he's supposed to be sad or upset. I spent half the movie just staring at his face kind of unhappy and it took me out of it. And the other thing is that I just am annoyed by the character. And I think it's because he's such a full like fully fleshed out character. Um, and when I've known people with his personality in real life, 
I hate uh, and I think <laughs> he said that with so, a growl, guys. That, I don't know if you heard it. He's I hate them. That that for me makes it really hard to like this character. But then at the same time, does that make him a better yeah. protagonist because he's so much like a real person? Uh, so that's kind of what I'm grappling. I with I can right speak now. to um, at least the first point about the uncanny valley thing. The it took me a little while when I was younger to get the whole like when he smiles, like the whole like row of teeth thing. Like it just like. Or like this? No, no. My my issue is not like when he does his whole row of teeth. It's when just like when he's frowning uh, or just like straight on shots, his mouth is always curled up into a smile. And to me, it just it takes me out of it. Yeah, I thought it was more like Foxy, you know, like Fox is uh, mannerisms of like, oh, he's a sly, like whatever. Because I really like I think the emotion. Uh, one of the, one of the biggest things that I really like in this movie are the use of tears, yeah. which are for not like the way people tear up is so subtle and then so like beautifully done in this film. Multiple characters do it. it I, I don't know. It's just like it really like gets me like almost more than watching uh, real people cry in, like other movies like this like really got me I don't know yeah I agree with that for sure um, um, I wanted to speak to more at the second half of Alex's point um, regarding sort of the the humanness and complexity of character of Mr. Fox um, especially as it contrasts with Paddington who I to compare complex against simplistic or one-dimensional I would not say that Paddington's necessarily a simplistic or one-dimensional character yeah. Um, simply that speaking to the like side of like knowing people or like the being able to see like actual people in the character, I think is a really interesting idea. Not so much that I like know people exactly like Mr. Fox or Paddington, but like I have met people that are like unendingly positive and I have also met people that are sort of this aging cynicism. Um, so I do think it's interesting how both of those do capture elements of real people. Um, and I think that's credit to both of these films um, and just like the quality of their character writing. It's such a battle because like uh, one comparison that I want to get into and that is really hard for me is that these are but they're almost fundamentally different characters in, in, in how yeah positive Paddington Brown is and how how genuine and a force of genuine nature but like also Foxy is genuine it's just more like not more complicated but more complicated and more more um I mean he is damaged in a way like more like willing to have flaw and willing to say hey something's negative but that doesn't mean it has to be viewed as negative sort of a deal whereas Paddington Mm -hmm. was like nothing's negative and like things are going to be okay because of the power of like happiness in a way because I feel like it's more like Fox is living with reality and Paddington's almost like okay uh, I'm going to force reality to change from my like my will my positive will alone you know yeah Yeah. I don't know like yeah I get that and I agree with it I just don't know if I would go as far to to say to make a value judgment about which of those is necessarily a like better than the other yeah that's what I mean is is it's hard to compare the two because it's so it's it's kind of comes down to what kind of character traits you like most in people and likes them because yeah you're right I I know people like both of these characters hey friends of Jake listen up Uh, listen for which way Jake votes you'll know if he prefers you or someone else (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah this is the type of person i prefer if you're not this person i out of my life this is it does jake prefer you personable filled with palpable joy or does he prefer you an aging cynic with complex uh sort of i wouldn't necessarily (laughs) view foxy as a cynic i'd more view him as like a in in crisis 
I don't know if he's fully a I, cynic, I, though. I do think that there are like cynical traits to to this fox. Yeah, I guess I, you know, I would agree with you to some extent that he is not a cynic. He doesn't necessarily have a cynical view of the world. Because like, think of the end. Think of his end speech. He's like, you know, the, these, he has a, these things like this apple is fake, but at least it's got stars on them. Like, that's such a beautiful. I don't beautiful... think he's a cynic of the world. I think he's a, he has a cynical view of himself. Like, because I he's paused the movie hard on this time. Yeah. Like, I read the newspaper clippings like yeah. what Jake <laughs> brought up the yeah. first time we talked. They're like dark, pretty, f- they're dark, fun reads. Uh, you can tell it's like the writing of a man who is, it's so escapist. It's so fun. It's really dark and fun. It never feels like it loses hope in a way. Like, and, and in a way, Paddington and him are similar. <clears throat> they never lose hope in like deep, dark places, but in very different ways. I don't know. I, I just really like that end line where, where it's like, you know, these things are fake. I don't think fantastic. Like, I don't think Mr. Fox is is losing hope. Um, I do think that, I guess in, in, in an interesting way to credit of sort of what you're saying is I do think both of them choose to recontextualize their environments to their sort of own perspective um mr fox does that you know the the apple but hey it is stars on it so you know you're contextualizing that as a good thing despite it being fake um the whole situation of them ending up trapped in the sewer it's like hey this is an awful dank sewer but like now we've got electricity and you know, like we've made a home of it. Um, so it's, you know, choosing to sort of subvert those dark realities in a, I guess, surprisingly similar way to Paddington um, chooses to, for example, with how he, you know, ends up in prison and like chooses to bend that his perspective. I think it's worth saying, though, that like when Paddington is in prison, it, it gets better, but it's still prison. Um, yeah you can definitely see that he still wants to be out of prison. It's oh my not, God. it's not like prison becomes his ideal home, you know? Yeah. So I yeah. think, I think it's, it's fair to say that, you know, situationally while Paddington is always full of hope and, and love at life, it, it is at a point where he is breaking. He, he chooses to break out of prison instead of stay in prison and, continue to make the best of his situation, you know? I think it's fair to say that he in some way breaks from what we've seen him do in the past. I think he in the beginning uh like is is more like he expects the best of other people too. Like he just expects everyone to act in like their best interests and there's that like like naivete that comes with that. And then he's like yeah. forced into it from like the whole like prison and like just circumstance whatever, but then he goes right kind of back into it. <clears throat> also, can I just say that I, I just want to pull. Oh, OK, go for it. Go for it. I just want to add directly on the prison topic, though, is that I think you're also leaving out the portion which applies directly to the naivete um, is that he was essentially tricked into it by his, yeah. you know, like he cooperated in the escape because he thought that they were going to help clear his name and bring him back to the Brown family. He Still didn't expecting go, the best out of people. Yeah. Yeah. He was expecting right, them to, he, to act in his best interest as well, like that they were trying to be genuinely helpful. Yeah. But I mean, it it was it was also like instead of trying you know like in some way he broke because if he had stayed in prison that is what a rule following good boy would do and while yes he was tricked into like participating in the escape to like clear his name he still you know broke the rule that he wasn't he going broke to his do one rule. Um, he broke his one rule can, can i just say that Paddington, when he first went to prison, it was all like big sad or whatever. Like he climbed a pole in his cell to get the moody nighttime rainy lighting for his monologue. <laughs> and fun fact, that was improvised, guys. The range this protagonist had, this wizard bear has, that was all 
That was all. There was no blocking for that scene. Paddington just decided to climb up that pole and get that good lighting for us. So that's credit to Paddington. And more than anything, props to the filmmaker uh, for the sort of camera crew for being able to adapt to that decision making on the fly. Absolutely. Yes. We Not have every camera operator is capable of that. You know, thank you. Yeah. Good DPs out there in the world. Good. DPs. <laughs> yeah, there really are. <laughs> oh, gosh. Let's talk. Let's talk about how Wes Anderson these films are. Let's get into that. Let's, I was good. I, that was going to be my yeah. next. My I'm next topic. so excited that these two artistry and style. Yeah, it, it, it's so exciting. And I kind of was hoping tentatively that these two would end up in the finals or at least just end up uh, being taught to versus each other just because there's a clear specific style and like we can we've gone into before about Wes Anderson's style and the whimsy he brings and all that but Paddington also is a fun and creative and like with the jailhouse break and the colors and the random style choices like the the band randomly while he's like uh washing the windows and then like the the stuff where he's like going through the gears and all that the pink of the the jailhouse and and those kind of shots it's super it's super creative and it's super you know it's reminiscent of of a bunch of Wes Anderson's fe- features before one that stands out that I think I pointed out before is Grand Budapest Hotel uh, Saoirse Ronan's character in the bakery scenes are very reminiscent of Paddington too and all of their like baking scenes in the jail because almost no one dares to copy a style as prevalent as Wes Anderson, right? You're, you're not going to see a filmmaker attempt that and, and succeed in, in an overt way. But this film does a pretty good job of like being Wes Anderson, but also like not at the same time. I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts? I agree with that for sure. It definitely like the shop that stands out to me is the one where and they actually they do this in both Paddington movies where they show like the bisection of the house and they cut to different rooms uh, and like how the kids are growing yeah. and like what the parents are doing as a way of like pushing you into it and like showing where everyone is. Uh, I, I think the movie does it really effectively, but at the same time, it makes it feel its own. It doesn't feel like suddenly out of place or anything like that. I think it's it's pretty d- uh, well done. Yeah, like I, I very much agree with both of you. And I think especially with Alex's piece on the sort of effectiveness, but ownness of sort of King's approach to the style. Like it's very, I think it's Wes Anderson-esque, but still has its own sort of stylistic elements to it um, more than it is just trying to be Wes Anderson, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's very, it's very Wesk. Nice, nice. Thank you. Can we trademark that? Can we do that? Copyright Wesk. I'm pretty, what if we wrote this? sponsor us. Remember when we all took a film class together? Why didn't we just do this why didn't we coin a new term i'm sure our boy uh shout out to eric yeah he's good good dude good dude even down to like the dialogue too i mean i prefer the dialogue i think in fantastic mr fox it's just it's just so fun it's just so like you know snappy and good but paddington really made me like take notice of it as well there are some a lot of good moments like the 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 trash can part where it's like nothing to see here officer just a bin (laughs) I'm quite good at being a bin. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, that was hilarious. That was so good. Or even the I know it gets ketchup stains out. Wait, was it mustard? <laughs> like, and just <laughs> yeah, like shit, many like, sprays mustard. <laughs> so fucking funny. So oh, and good. then while he's like, he's like got his hands in and he yeah. goes, Oh, nope, I'm just rubbing it in. <laughs> yeah, so good. But Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox has like classic, like, even the delivery, I think, of Fantastic Mr. Fox is so weird of like. The one thing that sticks out to me is George Clooney when he goes, uh, one, two, three, 
And when he's like counting off for like Ash to go away, like what the what's and Jason yeah. Schwartzman in the movie just like saying, uh, "You think I'm no good at anything?" He gets a bandit hat. I didn't get a bandit hat. Who gets a bandit hat? It's it's so fucking like they are they are having so much fun with those with those uh, the dialogue in the movie. I think the dialogue, the dialogue in Fantastic Mr. Fox really stands out to me at the points where they the people are the characters are the most straightforward like uh you have so many good moments where they're they just say exactly how they're feeling because they they are so well written that they're so in touch with their own emotions and thoughts so they can like say exactly what's going through their head like a perfect way of summarizing exactly how they feel one thing that actually may inform my opinion a little bit just thinking about it literally in real time as we talk is how our protagonists talk to all the side characters and what their relationship is with all of them, not just with their story and who they are, but like how Paddington, you know, talks to uh, with Buchanan or, or with uh, Sally or, or with the jail people versus how Foxy talks to people like Ash and Christopherson and Kylie and, and how different it is and how like specific, like you can tell the relationships uh, and how different the relationship is with Foxy, Foxy, and like with, and and how those characters bounce off of. Because I think the mark of a good protagonist is also like it has to be your side characters as well and your antagonist. You know, it has to be how well you can play off. Like you can basically put that protagonist in a room with other people and like see how they bounce off each other. I think that's a good point. Um, and I, I think I think what's interesting about that too is that the way that the characters uh, interact with like their environments it, it is so different because for Foxy it's very much him bending everyone else to his will. I think of the scene where he interrupts um, Bill Murray's character giving the toast when they're in the flint yeah, mine, right? It's a great one. Um, versus Paddington, I feel like is this precious adorable like unawareness of like he accidentally um like shaves the guy's head or he i think of the scene in the first movie where he accidentally floods the bathroom and the bathtub slides down the stairs (laughs) um like it it it's so interesting to me the way that they they affect their environment in such different ways speaking on how they communicate slash the introduction of phoenix buchanan in paddington 2 i think the way that paddington um, in this unaware way, just slaps Hugh, Hugh Grant around being like, I heard you do dog food commercials in the most innocent, precious way. And then like Hugh Grant is, you can see the pain in his eyes. And then yeah. it, he like questions about the, I just realized something. I can't believe we haven't guys. Michael Gambon is in both of these movies. Dumbledore is in both of these movies. Dumbledore is the the Papa Bear of like and whatever in the, the beginning bridge scene, and he's also Bean in Fantastic. He's the antagonist in Fantastic Mr. Fox. So these wow. movies are in the Wizarding World together. It's Dumbledore. <laughs> Holy guys, why did we think of this earlier? We did it. Wait, isn't that insane though? Michael Gambon, I can't believe he did this. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's a crazy. Paddington is more specifically stacked from the perspective of British media. Whereas like Fantastic Mr. Fox just has a very star studded cast in general. And that's that's probably just the power of Wes Anderson in general. Uh, If anyone, you know, if Wes asked people to be in a project, they basically say yes. I mean, I think the same thing applies to an adaptation of a of a Paddington work. Like no, that's, that's, very, that's just know. from the Wizarding World of Harry, Harry Potter. All right. They literally said from the producers of Harry Potter. 
no, but I think it's yeah. wild. Michael Gambon is in both these movies, and we should talk about who who uses Michael Gambon better. Um, both of them are pretty good. Well, I would argue that Fantastic Mr. Fox uses Michael Gambon better because Michael Gambon is in the first minute <laughs> of yeah Paddington Two. But I guess for those who have seen the first film, the emotional weight of that first minute is increased tenfold. True. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. It didn't hit me as hard as it did after watching it today. Did you cry? I cried at yeah. the end of Paddington too. But I also I also tear up at the end of or at the end of Fantastic Mr. Fox and just other other parts of Fantastic Mr. Fox. So I cried I cried several times during Paddington too. Yeah. I, I that's interesting to me though you saying you cry during Fantastic Mr. Fox because that is just never a, an emotion that crosses my mind during It's like film. it's not filled it's not as a response to sadness or as a response to like anything like that. It's a response to just something about accepting like yourself and trying to figure yourself out and even other characters not just foxy but like with ash and christopherson um it it just there's a lot of great moments with like father father son relationships and mother like son relationships especially with ash that like really get me i i think foxy talks to ash in, in such a interesting and fun way and such a great arc in this movie uh accusing him of being different and then like it being all right and then the mother being like you know it's okay to be different everyone's different especially your father uh, <laughs> but it, it's just like a very i i, I think they're it, it, i also if anything looks beautiful like there's that scene where uh felicity fox is that backdrop of all the water like that scene just is so gorgeous like it just makes me so happy um so i don't know but i'm also easily moved by film like <laughs> a lot of movies just like really really will get me and it's not like full-on crying it's just like a real emotional there are tears in my eyes i feel i feel something hardcore i will say the music in both of these is pretty fun i do love the music more in fantastic mr fox i have a lot of it saved on my phone but i was having a very fun time like score makes me very like happy in films and paddington too like as evidence of me like tearing up was was attributed by the score it's very fun um whimsical but but man oh man when canis lupus starts playing or christopherson's theme so good guys or bogus bunsen bean one fat one short one lean these horrible crooks are different than looks to not on the sequel i mean huh and that's my story. <laughs> I think maybe I'm I'm ready to vote. I think. Oh, unless you have. Wait, go for it. I, I do want to throw out there another problem that I vaguely have with Fantastic Mr. Fox is that during the movie, I can never understand what the children are singing. Like, I know they show the words, Bunk but I just can't understand what they're one saying. Fact, one short, they don't one enunciate. Mean. These horrible crooks all different than looks that nonetheless equally mean. This episode's going to be two hours <laughs> long, and an hour of it is going to be Jake singing that. I would. Bogus Bunsen being ASMR. Now <laughs> I was one of the host, children, Jake. the cryptic children that got paid to sing that song over and over again. Have we all? Have we all voted? Have we all written down? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, this really is. A, this is a tough one. I really like the the matchup ended up being. We started off rocky, didn't we? But we found our way to a really good <laughs> finale, I think. Uh, but I will say I'm going to yeah. go with Fantastic Mr. Fox as my vote. Mm. Um, I am voting for Paddington 2. And in As the Last of Us 3, the twist of fate, but not so much a twist of fate. I am also voting for Paddington 2. Oh, the little bear. He takes that the little, little bear. bear. Yeah. Wow. So what? What was the? What was the reasoning? What, what's up? 
I just I think when it when it comes down to because I think as a movie, I probably prefer Fantastic Mr. Fox more, which crazy that I voted the same way in the last bracket of yeah. I preferred the other movie, but I voted bracket based. This one, I think like my preference in movies are much closer. Uh, but I think as a protagonist, just sort of like the the theming and message that Paddington kind of represents, you know, we just need a little bit more of that in the world at the moment. I can dig it. I kind of feel the same way. <laughs> and I said, fuck it, guys. We should just <laughs> we should just go for. So Jake's friends, if you if you are the sweet, charming. Oh, wait, I'm the yeah. sweet, charming friend. <laughs> it was Jake. a spite vote against you. Jake. It was fuck you, Alex. Oh, it was big, oh, no. big. <laughs> no, I mean, I think there's also just a very much connection and like kindness that I feel towards Fantastic Mr. Fox and, and just Foxy in general. I think just such a it's so hard to get such a fully realized character, just period. I think it's just such a strong movie in so many different categories. And, and it, the message of allowing yourself to not feel great all the time is something that's really beautiful to me and that I really like. Yeah. Not that totally I don't fair. love overwhelming positivity as well, but just just yeah. I mean, if it if it if you hadn't picked Fantastic Mr. Fox, I would have pitched it myself. Um, it's such a fantastic movie. That's how the, these things roll. One's got to win. And that's the unfortunate truth. With that, are people curious about what our next bracket is? I really hope they are. Have you picked up all the cues? The cues? Clues? <laughs> We've been hinting at the whole episode. If you took Ooh. every first letter of every eighth sentence of each of us in chronological order, we spelled out something very interesting. We actually did hint this episode, uh, hit this bracket uh, many, many times throughout this whole episode, but Matt probably cut it out. So yeah. uh, if you haven't heard the hints yet, it's because yeah, it's it's Matt our is editing fault, this guys, one. guys, if you out. don't know the hints, it's all editing <laughs> magic. Look, those, those hints were just too obvious. I wanted the, the sort of esoteric, a little bit more difficult, a little bit more mind gamey hints, you know, almost like it's a complicated ARG that you have to find oh. the answer to. So what if so, I said James Mars? Oh, shit. Oh, no. Uh, sorry. Jake. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that's the theme. <laughs> Jake. All right. Well, the cat's out of the bag now. <laughs> the theme is Nicolas Cage movies. That's right. We pitched our favorite Nicolas Cage movies. We want you to send us yours. But let's get into what movies are in this bracket, folks. My name is Alex, in case you haven't figured that out by now. Thanks. And I pitched. I only have two this uh, this bracket. So I picked National Treasure. And Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I uh, pitched Vampire's Kiss, Mandy, and Face Off. True Nicolas Cage performances. Fantastic cagey of the cagiest. Honestly, I'm so I'm so excited for <laughs> uh, Alex. Has this, I'll, I'll say what my my picks are. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I did uh, Kick-Ass, Adaptation, and The Wicker Man. Uh, the all bees. your movies, the bees. Uh, <laughs> Alex hasn't seen like five of these I movies. I don't know what that is a reference to because <laughs> I have only seen three of these movies. So this is going to be a very fun bracket for He's me. He's going to lose his actual hey, fucking shit. But there's an episode coming out next, or well, two weeks from now, I guess. Uh, if people want to start preparing for that, what should they be watching? All right, folks. Uh, in our first. Uh, episode of the Nicolas Cage bracket. We've got National Treasure uh, going up against Kick-Ass and Adaptation going up against Vampire's Kiss. So start your watching.
Right. What else do we say? If you like what you heard today, if you uh, enjoy our brackets, if you enjoy our content, follow us on social media. We said it earlier at Tough Cut Pod, Twitter, Instagram. We post funny movie reviews on Letterboxd. Um, just check it out. We really appreciate you guys listening. We uh, want to be able to spread the word. We want you to spread the word. Tell one friend or one enemy or one lover. They don't have to be a friend or an enemy. Or put a sign on a cat. Oh, get a tattoo. Ooh. Get a yeah. tattoo. If someone gets a tattoo of the Tough Cut logo and <laughs> tweets it at us, I will unironically, I don't know, <laughs> send you $20 on Venmo. Okay, that's he'll actually do that. I can actually like he a hundred percent will he do that, do guys. That. So 100%. someone should I make even, the bad decision of yeah. Of might might even might even jump to to fifty if I'm feeling frisky that day. Just give him some whiskey and he'll do Depends it. Depends on the size and location. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if it's yeah, a yeah. face tattoo, you get nothing because hey, <laughs> don't don't get our logo on your face. That's a bad decision. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> terrible. Jake crossing something off of his advertising concept. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Just force people to get tattoos on their forehead. That'd be awful. Oh my gosh. Follow us on all your favorite podcatchers. Stay in touch. Um, Interact with us. This conversation doesn't end with us. Um, Hopefully. Uh, (laughs) Write us love letters. That's what we're asking for. Uh, Our our P.O. box will be released probably never. We don't have a P.O. box, but if we ever did, we'd love to read those letters. That'd be really sweet. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, we'll catch you on the next one, I think. (laughs) Catch you on the flip side.